Yo, this is Pastor Teeter here welcoming you to another episode of my revolutionary podcast where I'm here to help you find faith in Christ and how to follow through with your life. And in today's deep dive, we are going to just unpack a little bit of my most recent sermon where I started a brand new series for Lent as we are prepping, getting ready for that on ramp that is the Easter season. And it was all inspired by Daniel's confessionary prayer that I think I just made up a word there, um, his confessional prayer in Daniel chapter nine, verses one and 19. So I'm not going to obviously repeat certain things. I want to encourage you to check out that sermon if you haven't done it yet, but I did want to unpack a couple of things that I just ran out of time with that I thought was definitely a very great and worthy thing to be able to discuss. And the first one, is really just something that I mentioned briefly at the beginning, which is really for mature believers in Christ Jesus, uh, the importance of prayer and the scriptures, reading the Bible. So uh, I challenged I challenged all believers in Christ. Listen, man, God's word has plenty of examples on how to pray, what to pray about, all those things. And so if you're struggling with your prayer life, then you probably are struggling with your Bible life. All right? getting your getting the Bible inside a little bit more because there's just so many great examples of prayer in there that would be beneficial, okay, for you. And not only that, let me just kind of put it this way as well, which I didn't mention this. Obviously, the Bible, right, the Bible is not just a book, okay? It's a, a really a passageway to the author of the book, all right? It, it's, it's him. Uh, I kind of re- recently read that, and I thought that was really interesting that we call, uh, you know, a Bible passage, right? Bible verses. This is a Bible passage. We're going to, you know, the passage for today. I thought that's an interesting word because, see, that phrase or that verse, that passage offers us a passage, a way to be able to connect to our our Heavenly Father, right? Our, our, the author of the book. And I thought that was a really cool association there. And I just want to encourage you that, you know, if you want to learn, if, if you want to improve your prayer life, you're not sure what to say, how to interact Well, maybe it's because you don't know God that well. And, and I know that's really was my big deal is when you don't know what to say or, or better yet, when you don't know the person, you don't know what to say. Right. And I've been in those situations. I tend to be more of an awkward um, people person, you know, in compared to my wife. Right. She's the social butterfly of the two of us. Big time Uh, in her words. And she's right. Okay, she taught me to be cool. I guess I've I've learned a lot from her. Um, But the thing is, is that I have found myself and I have said some of the most ridiculous things, most awkward things ever. Because I'm trying to talk to somebody I don't know. And that's usually when it happens, right? It's like, I don't know what to say. And so because I don't know what to say, well, the reason why I don't know what to say is because I don't know you. And because I don't know you, I don't know what to say. And when I don't know what to say, I start saying things that I shouldn't be saying. And that's the reality of it. And so what's important is, see, if I truly knew a person, right? If I know of my friend, if I'm talking to somebody I know, a family member, a friend, it's easy to come up with things that to talk about because like, I know you, like I know what we can talk about. I know who you are. I know how to ask better, more pointed questions because I know you. Liz, prayer is no different. When you want to talk to God, that's what prayer is. The better you know God, the better you are going to pray. The better you understand what God, uh, 
who he is, let me just say it that way, the better you understand who he is, the better you understand what he likes, what he loves, then you're going to know how to pray. And how do we do that? Well, guys, that's what his word is for. It's another great resource. And so the Bible, uh, having a healthy dose, having a healthy, you know, let me see how a healthy diet. That's a good word. Having a healthy diet of the scriptures actually helps you to better understand God. And the better understand God, the better you're going to understand how to pray. Okay, even Jesus would say these things, right? If you pray these things, if you pray things according to the Father's will, well, the Father's will, which I've mentioned this before, God's will is rooted in God's heart. It is who he is. It's his desires. It's, it's that personality. It's, it's all of that. And so I just wanted to take that minute to expand that a little more. That was kind of like a little side point that I made, but I mean, it was huge. All right. It was huge. And I just wanted to give it a few more minutes just to encourage you to to do that. And if you don't know, let's say maybe reading the Bible is really confusing. I bet. All right. There's some there's some things in there that. okay. Um, But let me encourage you. There are a lot of very Holy Spirit filled individuals for generations that have been wrestling and studying these tough questions and those tough passages. And there's a lot of information out there, you know, that's why I, I always encourage someone who's learning to read the Bible to make sure they have like a study Bible. Um, the ESV is a good one. I mean, there's so many great ones out there, um, but I definitely do some research, find some. Let me know in the comment section if you're I can kind of share. I have a few uh, that I'm staring at right now. I have the Tony Evans study Bible in front of me, a Jeremiah uh the David Jeremiah study Bible, a spirit filled life from Jack Hayford study Bible. Um, got a few and there's a few more that I want. Um, but it's, it's really important because they help to, especially in those sections where man, you know, I, I don't know about this or well, what can I get out of that? You know, there is everything in God's scriptures, every single word, every single sentence, every single passage. All right. It's food. It's so food for your soul. For real. It's food for your soul. And so I just want to challenge you. There's a lot of great resources out there. You know, there's books, there's things in the library. I mean, Google. All right. Well, you got to be careful with that. Um, Please be careful to get your theology 100 percent from Google and TikTok. I'm just being real. Um, There's a lot of good ones out there. All right. But you be careful because here's the other more important one, though. There are great resources out there. But in the end, you also have the ultimate resource. Okay. You got the Holy spirit. And so I highly recommend that you don't, uh, kind of like what I was challenging everybody on Sunday is like, all right, do you want to just kind of focus on reading the Bible or praying, choosing to do either, either, or is like choosing to drive a car that either has an empty tank or flat tires, you know, what it doesn't matter. Oh, okay. It doesn't matter. I don't know. But listen, um, what I'm trying to say about the Holy spirit part is the number one thing is this. When you read a scripture, don't listen to anything else. Try and strive to listen to the Holy spirit. This is what I do every single Sunday. Um, in fact, I'm recording this, uh, Monday, February 22nd. And the way I like to operate, I like to kind of marinate in the scriptures all week when I go to preach something on Sunday. So Monday is a day that I just, whatever the predetermined text was for that. I'm gonna preach on, on Sunday. I just read it on Monday for myself. And I have a rule. I'm not looking at commentaries. I'm not looking at books. I'm not looking at anything. I'm just spending time with God, trying to discipline myself to listen to his voice. Because if I immediately go to the 
study sections, if I immediately go to books, if I immediately go to Google, if I immediately go to this or that or YouTube to unpack that scripture, I'm training myself to listen to man. Even though I'm a, let's just be real. Let's say I'm listening to man that is submitted to the Holy Spirit. That's okay. Obviously, I'm not saying that's a bad thing, but I do not want to be dependent on other people's interpretations alone. You see what I'm saying? So the important thing is I need to learn to discipline myself to hear God's voice, because if I can't, if I'm constantly listening to other people's interpretations only, then I'm not developing my ear. I'm running to the people that have done the hard work, that have done the time to learn to really listen to the spirit. And I want to be able to do that. So Mondays, that's what I do. Which I'm going to do right after I finish recording this. I'm going to really just sit down and, and listen to what God has to say. But then here's what I do past past that starting Tuesdays. All right. Now, this is, again, what I do on for a Sunday sermon. But starting then Tuesday, I start to then say, OK, here's what from my understanding, from where I am. This is what I feel I'm receiving or, or believing. This is what the passage is talking about. This is what this is what I believe this passage is telling me who God is and who I am and what how I should treat others. And then I A-B compare all those things to what others have said. And again, and I look to resources, people, you know, scholars that I, pastors that I trust that have shown a track record of being faithful expositors. Okay. Meaning people who have really, um, are faithful communicators, but faithful, um, you know, students of the scriptures and I'm not just running to anybody. All right. And when I A-B compare what I've received and what others I see when I see commonalities, I'm like, oh, wow, like, OK, cool. So I'm on the right path. And when I see some things that sometimes maybe I, what I saw received was kind of like shallow revelation. And then when I compare it to others, I realize, oh, wow, if I can just keep going, this this keeps going further into the deep end. That's pretty cool. And then other times I've been confronted. I'm like, well, I was way off. Like, cause I'm, I'm seeing patterns here. I'm like, maybe that's not what this is about. So it's a cool, challenging thing. Now I do that on Sundays. Um, when it comes to my devotionals, that's kind of what I do every single week and I unpack it all week. But, uh, I challenge you, I, I do that uh, as well with my regular, just daily devotions. You know, I, I'll first sit and listen. What does God have to tell me? You know, how, what am I getting out of this? And, and, uh, listening to him. And then, if, then I'll immediately go to either one or two commentaries just to see, did I miss something or what, you know, that's kind of what I'll do. So I want to challenge you. Okay. That's a big thing. The better understanding the scriptures, better understanding, better appreciating the word of God is going to help you with your prayer life. It's going to help you to know what to pray, what not to pray, um, how to be more effective in your prayers, which we're going to get to something in a second with that phrase being effective in your prayers. But so with Daniel, you know, we learned the, again, we saw an old, Testament model of a New Testament model of prayer, uh, very much like Jesus is very much like any other prayer there where we have this sense of adoration. All right. Like adoration, which is just putting it all on God, man, just just really soaking it in, remembering, acknowledging who he is. It's when you when you're adoring God at the beginning, you're not buttering God up. All right. You're, you're not you're not buttering him up to kind of get what you want. You are reminding yourself God is God. You are not. It's actually a sign. It's a way of humbling yourself. Okay. That's why the adoration part is so important. The worshipful side is so important. You are humbling yourself before your heavenly father. 
All right. Heavenly Father, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. See, that's the same thing from what David, well, David, I keep wanting to say David. Daniel was talking about. He was submitting himself in reverence and in awe to the Lord, which I thought that was interesting. You see all the prayers in the Old Testament, right? Our Lord, our Lord, 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 Lord. And then here comes Jesus and says, not our Lord. He says, our father. See, Jesus, and that's the other thing with him when it comes to prayer, guys, is Jesus forever altered our relationship with God, where he is not just our Lord. He didn't stop being our Lord because he's our father. But now we, we don't have to approach him solely as he is. We, we approach him as king, as Lord of all. But we also approach him knowing that he's our father. And it's easier to talk to, right? It's easier to talk to a relative, right, than you know, a head of state. Okay. It's easier to talk to a relative than a king. And, uh, but it's cool to know that your, you know, relative in this sense, your spiritual relative is the king of kings. So, um, that's an interesting perspective as well. But guys, I want to challenge you with that. Just to reiterate from the sermon, don't just jump to petitions. All right. Cause it's adoration, confession, petition. Um, don't just jump to your, all right, God, here's what I need. And, uh, it's like you, are the master and he's your servant. It's like you're the Lord and he's operating for you when you just jump to petition. That's why some of your prayers, God's not going to answer, okay? Because uh, he's not going to acknowledge the fact that, look, if I answer your prayers because of the way you're acting and thinking and, you know, I'm just going to keep on feeding that ego and mm -mm, no, uh, I can't do that. And so it's always adoration. And by the way, adoring God, putting yourself in that way, praying in that way actually puts your heart in a better place to pray. Because then when you adore God for who he is, and then you go into confession, remembering Lord is your kingdom come, your will be done. Again, notice it's confession, meaning God, I want your ways, not mine. Okay. Meaning I do not know. I am unable to do this alone. Okay. Confessing sins, confessing your faith in, in Christ, right? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven is part of that is, you know, remembering, you know, that's what the other uh, confession, you know, well, the petition, give us this day our daily bread. That's more of a, like a petition thing there. But all of those things are important because you put your heart in a humble state, because if you're able to do that spiritually, then you're not just going to pray whatever you want. You're learning to surrender and submit. Okay. Take hostage your pride so that you can pray more effectively. So you're not praying out of a place of pride. You're playing, you're praying out of a place of humility and honor and love. It's like, God, anything that I say from here on out, I want it to be what you want. That's, that's what that does. So confession, um, confessing sins to, to the Lord, confessional, uh, confessing your faith is important as well. Confessing his lordship is good. And then you got the petition. Okay. Petitions are what you ask for, what you need. God knows what you need, you know, all those things. And so praying for yourself, praying for others. Notice Daniel reflects Jesus's prayer where Jesus, he said, pray like this. Our Jesus prayed kind of collectively there, right? Forgive us, give us this day, deliver us. Daniel, we have sinned. We have failed. Deliver us. So may we never, 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 never forget not, you know, that when we pray, uh, you need to pray for more people than just you. All right. You need to be praying for the church as a whole, the lost and the found everybody all together. So, but with that guys, we were looking at the prayer and we were looking at the power of confession. 
right? Confessing sins and confessing your faith. And that was really the big uh, takeaway as we were concluding everything, you know, just seeing what Daniel realized. I mean, and, and we take Daniel's revelation and we see what Daniel did through Israel and we have a different, you know, we have a different perspective. I mean, Daniel was praying and saying, God, in the same way, because we saw your mighty hand deliver us from Egypt and you did miracles to deliver us. And if you can do that, then you can do this. Well, us as believers, what do we have? We have the cross. We have the, we have the, the grave. We have the ultimate deliverance from our Egypt, which is hell, the slavery to sin. You know, we have the ultimate example of that. And if God can do that, if he can do that, what, what can't he do? We know that he can deliver us from where we are in this place, in this circumstances. If he can deliver us from the pit of hell, okay, he can deliver us from the pit of oppression, from the pit of, of you know, I don't know, low self-esteem, of pride, of anxiety, of fear, you know, loneliness, of sickness. He, he can do those things. You know, he can do those things if he can do the other And so in the same way that Daniel appealed to God's nature and character, recognizing his own, then we need to do the same thing. And so when it comes to whether your prayer life, guys, you're following Christ, you know, it's what we always talk about, right? How to try to find faith in Christ and how to follow through in your life. And really, you know, God finds you, but well, for another one, um, you just recognize that and surrender to him. The, the important thing is, is that Daniel knew who God was and knew who he was and knew who the nations were. He knew who people were. Daniel was a grounded person, right? That's the series that we're doing called Grounded. Daniel was grounded in the reality of who God is, who he was. And well, that's it. Uh, he was grounded in truth. That's why that prayer was so powerful and effective. Okay. He was grounded in the truth and we need to be the same way. All right. So we need to be able to, as we know, we keep grinding. We got to stay grounded. As we keep grinding, we have to stay grounded, grounded in the truth of who God is, confident in that our God is real, right? Confident in his character, confident in his nature, confident in his word, sure of ourselves because we are sure of who Christ is because our identity is in Christ. And that knowing that we have an unshakable, unshakable hope that cannot be broken, you know, and, and that's, it's all on Christ alone. So being grounded guys is remembering that you, the foundation of your life is not you being grounded is recognizing just like Daniel said, Lord, I ask you these things. And I, all these petitions are not based on our righteousness because we have none, none to offer. If you paid attention to his whole prayer, he's like, we have no righteousness to claim, no righteousness to look to. We do it and we base these petitions on your abundant love and compassion. Same thing, guys. We live our lives and we ask anything that we ask for. We don't ask based on our righteousness, based on our goodness, based on who we are and how special we are. No, everything that we do and ask and live for in Christ is based on who he is. God is the rock. Christ is our rock. He is the cornerstone of our lives that we build our life on. And so that's an important reminder as we keep grinding in whatever God has given us to do, whatever we have going on, the responsibilities of life. Hey, hard work is hard work. It's important. We got to keep grinding, stay grounded, keep grinding, stay grounded. And, uh, just in that why, man, I mean, again, the abundant character. And, and I want to go to this one part here, man, just that that bottom line that I shared really 
every time I was just wrestling with this phrase throughout the week. And then when I said it on Sunday, man, just the fact that God has done the unimaginable. Okay. He's done the unimaginable by extending mercy to the guilty. That's what he did with Israel. He extended mercy to the guilty. And Daniel knew that's what he was asking for. He was like, God, I'm, I'm asking you to do something. I'm asking you to do what you said you would do. And the fact that you said you would be merciful, you would be merciful to the guilty. I, I, I don't know why, but God, you said you would and, and we hold to your promises. And guys, that's something that keeps us grounded is God's insane love for us that he has extended mercy to the guilty. You and me, we are all guilty of sin. We are all falling short of God's glory. And we still will in many aspects and many elements from here until each one of us passes away until Jesus returns. But yet, yet his sacrifice on the cross was saying mercy, mercy for the guilty. All who humbly receive it by faith. That's into, that, that right there is more than enough reason to be grounded in who God is. More than enough reason to be grounded in gratitude, really grounded in gratitude for who he is and what he has and is doing for that right there, that alone, that he extends mercy to the guilty. And so as you as you hold on to that, guys, and I always wanted to end, I wanted to kind of unpack very quickly two Bible verses that um, I mentioned briefly, but I could not get to um, because that's an important one. Right. Staying grounded in who God is. There you go. That's how we begin to be grounded. And that's not something that we do. It's really something that is done to us. OK, that's what revival is. Salvation is not something that we do. Revival is not something that the church does. Both things are things that happen to the individual, happen to the church. But we have to be open. You know, when we are saved it's because we are open to the truth that we are sinners and we need our savior. And because when we humble ourselves and surrender to God, then salvation happens to us when a church realizes that they have either fallen away or been apathetic or compromised on sin. And when they humbly repent and surrender, they open, they reopen themselves back up for God to do something in their life. Revelation, not revelation, revival. And the same thing guys with, with us is so to be grounded is something God does. He plants us. He establishes us as a pillar in his house on his foundation. Okay. But that's to be grounded. But how do we stay grounded? That's through confession. Confession is one of the many ways on how we stay grounded. Okay. I mentioned earlier, but you know, being grounded in God's word, right? Stay studying God's word is how we stay grounded because the better we understand who God is, the better understand who we are with and without him that helps us to stay grounded in truth. And so the truth is God's word. I was looking for my Bible. I can't show it. So anyways, um, so that's one way to stay grounded, to stay grounded in scriptures, but it's also important to stay grounded through confession. Look what Daniel did. Okay. The confessional thing. And there's two types of confessing that we need to do. Uh, and 
two, three people to confess to. First John 1, 9, if we confess our sins to God, he is faithful and faithful and righteous to forgive us of our sins. He is faithful to forgive our unfaithfulness. He is righteous enough to forgive our unrighteousness and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is an amazing thing. And so I, I briefly mentioned, and I went fast. There's that, um, you know, the, the Bible verse that says, you know, the one sin that God can't forgive, the unforgivable sin. Listen, the unforgivable sin is, is this. It's the unforgivable sin is really a sinner who refuses to be forgiven. The unforgivable sin is a sinner that refused to be forgiven because to to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is not to just cuss the Holy Spirit out. I know there's like, there's always been trends on, on the Internet for things like that. That's not what it means to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, to blaspheme the Holy Spirit is to blaspheme and to reject his ultimate testimony. And what does the Holy Spirit do? One major job before anything else that he does as our comforter, as our guide, as our this, as our that, as believers, the Holy Spirit's primary number one job is to reveal Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does, to reveal Christ, to reveal our need for a savior, right? The fact that we are sinners and Christ alone is our savior. The only sin that God cannot forgive, all right? Well, the only sinner that God cannot forgive is a sinner that refuses to be forgiven. Someone who rejects the Holy Spirit's testimony that Jesus is Lord and that Jesus died on the cross for our sins, all right? And that there is salvation in Jesus's name. That's the only sin that God can't forgive. Beyond that, I don't care what you did. Now, I don't care if you're Anakin Skywalker and you murdered, right, all of those younglings inside of, you know, inside of the temple, all right, in, in Star Wars. Uh, you can turn around and God can forgive you. God can, I mean, name the most ridiculous person, the most, probably the most wicked person in history. God can forgive that person. If that person asks for forgiveness and means it, truly humble, recognizes their faults and asks for forgiveness, God will forgive that person. There is nothing, there is no sin too big that God cannot forgive if you're willing to ask, if you're willing to surrender. God can do it all. That's what makes his love so miraculous, so incredible. He says, if we confess it, God's going to forgive it. If we confess, God forgives it. But I love Tony Evans's uh, kind of phrase on this, and I want to go to the next one quickly. Uh, pretty much what John is trying to tell people is, listen, confess the sins you know about, and uh, what does cleansing from all unrighteousness means? See, that's kind of cool. See, not only will God forgive you of the sins you know about, that's confess the sins you know about, and God will cleanse you from the things you don't know about. That's pretty much what this verse kind of looks like. I, I love that interpretation. Confess the sins you know about. There's things that you know. Okay, there's attitudes that you had, something that you said, something that you did, something that you didn't do. All of those things are important. Confess the things that you know you are doing or not doing that you should have. Okay. Confess the sins you know about. And when you do, God not, doesn't just meet that expectation. He'll go beyond it because when you surrender to the love of God in that way, you are opening your heart, you are opening your, your, your soul, your mind up to the very hand of God. And not only will he go and cleanse you of the sin you know about, but now you are giving him access to your life for him to begin to cleanse areas of your life that you don't know about. You know, he, going deeper into your soul, addressing the root of the issue, not just the fruits that you may recognize. And so that's why it's so important to be having this open relationship with God, this confessional relationship with God, so that God begins to address the things that you can't even see, the things that are 
deep down at the root of your soul. God, you know, that's what he wants to do. But you got to put yourself in that position for him to work in your life. And you got to be consistent. Okay. Consistent in your confession, consistent in the study of scriptures, because the scriptures actually say that they say that it is active, that the word of God is active and living and it searches out the lies. It searches out dividing. Okay. Dividing and separating truth and lie, flesh and spirit inside of us. That's what John is mentioning as well, too. So when we open up ourselves to God through prayer and confession and in the study and the honor of his word, he'll forgive you of the things that you know about and he'll begin to work even deeper on areas that you don't even know about. Right. That's amazing right there. That's that's worth the price of admission right there. But let me tell you the other one, though, this is important. James 5, 16. Confess your sins to one another. Pray for one another so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous person is a is very powerful in its effect. See, this is the other part, guys, that we're not just called to confess our sins to God. We are called to confess our sins to one another. Now, I briefly mentioned uh, a notice that says confess your sins to one another. You know, confess your sins to someone, not everyone. OK, you don't need just uh, I mentioned on Sunday, you know, don't put your business out there. Uh, only confess and talk to people that know got your back. Not gonna, they ain't going to stab you in the back. Right. Um, but it's important. And, and I know that con- confessing your sins to an individual Maybe, you know, for fellows, I guess, I don't know if it's more than maybe more of the difficult than ladies, but listen, I know confessing your sins is uncomfortable, but notice that James says it's beneficial. Yeah, it's uncomfortable, but it's beneficial. You know what else is uncomfortable? Working out, but it's beneficial. And all right, it's uncomfortable. But it's beneficial. There are gains, results that you do. And notice it says there's healing, very powerful in its effect. And so this is an important element that as believers in Christ, we need to make sure. Because in order for us to stay grounded, we need to be able to learn to be, you know, confessing our sins to God. Because I know a lot of people, some of y'all may be watching me right now, that you know you, you know you're messing up, but you don't want to confess that sin towards God for whatever stupid reason. I'm being real. I'm just being real now. Forever stupid reason, you know you messed up, you know he'll forgive you, but you're so, so, so disappointed in yourself that you'd rather not, and so you're just going to sit and wallow in misery, feeling sorry for yourself. Get over yourself. Stop. Get over yourself, man. If you messed up, you messed up. Own up to it. That's what Daniel was doing. He owned up to what he did, and God is faithful and just to forgive. But the more you sit in that, then you will become enslaved in it all over again. Don't waste time. Confess things towards God. But then we come back to this other one. Confess your sins to one another. Now, let me just give you some, again, it's uncomfortable, but beneficial. It is. And so let's just break that down super fast. What does it mean to confess your sins to one another? There's two kind of ones. Okay. What James is here talking about is two things. Listen, if you sin against someone, you need to confess your sins towards the person you've offended. Yep. Look, if if you are man enough to do the deed, you better be man enough to apologize for it. All right. I'm just that's it. If you have sinned and you've said something to someone, treated somebody, somebody in a kind of way, if you've done that, you need to be able to go to that person, because if you are a true believer in Christ Jesus, you need to be able to do go to that person, and say, listen, I need to confess I sinned against you. I said something I shouldn't have said. I did something I shouldn't have done. I did this behind your back. I need to confess my sins to you because my sin has affected, impacted you. Do you know Jesus told us that we needed to do that? Jesus told someone, he said, listen, if you come to the temple and you have an offering 
But yet you have sinned and wronged someone else in some other town. Put your offering down, go back, make that right, apologize, ask for forgiveness, then come back and surrender your and give your offering. Process the practicality of that. First off, Jesus is telling people where they didn't have cars. You know, I mean, sometimes people would travel days just to get to the temple. All right. And Jesus is saying, yeah, I don't care how long if you've been traveling for a week or a weekend or a month. I don't care how long it took you to get here. Turn back around, go back home, fix that, apologize, and then come back. Because see, you and I cannot claim to have a correct vertical right relationship with God if we totally reject all the horizontal relationships. Our right connection and our right relationship with God will lead us to make things right. Or, you know, can we can't make all things right, but at least attempt to do so. That's what James, Jesus was talking about that. James is reiterating Jesus. He's just relaying Jesus. Don't shoot them. You know, don't shoot the messenger. Right? Jesus is the one. Okay. Confess your sins to one another. That's an important one. If you know you've said something, done something, the right thing to do, the need to do is you need to confess that person. Why? So that there can be healing. So when you confess your sins to that individual, especially if that person is another believer in Christ Jesus, the prayer of confession and the prayer uh, that you guys can, you know, bind together, right? In doing so, when there's love there, God will bring healing to the person that you've wronged. He'll bring healing to the person that you've wounded. That's what confessing does. It's not just for you, because then you get healed. You get healed from the guilt. You get healed from the shame. And God wipes that away from when you're confronting the person you've wronged. And then you go to that person, and then God is healing their hearts from the, your wounds and all of those things. See, confessing to one another that we've sinned against is important. But then it's also important to have someone that you can confess a sin to that maybe they weren't the direct person. But, you know, you have a close friend, a believer in Christ Jesus. That you can say, listen, I'm really struggling with this one sin, man. And I'm talking to God about it. I'm praying to God about it. But I really, I'm really struggling with this sin. I'm really struggling with this attitude. I'm really struggling in my faith. I'm really struggling with doubt. I'm really struggling with this. You need to have a brother or a sister in faith. Preferably if you're a fella, you got another fella. If you're a female, you got another female. Um, that is a mature believer in Christ Jesus that you can lean on. You need that. Because here's where healing can come from at that moment. When you are confessing your sins to someone else, not that you've wronged, but someone that you just love and that loves you, there's healing there. There's healing because you're not wrestling with this alone. You know, maybe your questions can, they can be answered, but not only that now here, this person can come alongside of you and stand in the gap with you and bear this burden with you as they are praying for you, as they are encouraging you. And there's healing in the process when you are not going through something alone, when you have somebody, not just to kind of lecture you and tell you what you need to do, but someone to say, listen, man. All right, I'm going to come right along here. I'm right here with you. We're going to, I'm praying for you. God's going to work in your life and we're going to see this through together. Some, listen, you don't need to have all the answers. Sometimes you just need to remind them who the answer is and just be there for them. And there can be healing, a process of healing in their heart to know that they are not going through this alone. And so that's important, guys. We need to be able to have confessing our sins towards God, confessing our sins towards those that we sin against and confessing our sins towards just a true brother and sister in the faith that we have so that we can lean on them. And so, guys, if we do those things. Okay. If we do those things, first off, you, when you confess your sins, you are grounded in Christ. And then as we continue to confess, 
in this way towards God, towards those we sin against and towards those uh, that we have inside of the body of Christ as a true brothers and sisters in the faith. That is how not only we find faith in Christ, that's how we follow through. All right. So, guys, I want to encourage you. All right. Dig into the scriptures. Dive in on more, on more prayer. All right. For, you know, confess sins if you need to with God. Do it right now. Confess to somebody you've offended. Find somebody, an accountability partner that you can be, you know, open with and honest with. You need it. It's important. All right. That's what we do. So, hey, keep doing it. Keep grinding. But stay grounded.